Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Thanks for joining us on our latest alumni podcast. We really think you're going to enjoy this one. Our guest today is the individual who earned the biggest win in franchise history. That was Game 7, of course, of the ALCS in 2008. And to this point, he still has pitched the only no-hitter in franchise history. And of course... I'm speaking about one Matt Garza, who was part of two division championship teams for the Rays. Matt, thanks very much for joining us. I'm good. I'm good. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me today, by the way. How, first of all, how's your family in all this? Uh, we're, we're great. We're uh, you know, adjusting to the new normal and uh, just trying to do something uh, creative and keep the kids occupied for one day at a time. What has been harder? Uh, Winning Game Seven of the ALCS or trying to balance uh, home, school at home? Oh man, there's. Uh, I am a hundred percent on that bandwagon that teachers are severely underpaid. <laughs> Those guess, are on top of the frontline workers. They're your heroes, right there. No question about that. Your your kids rage in age. I saw that your oldest is now eighteen and is going to be a pretty student. How proud are you of that? Uh, we're, uh, we're really excited. We're uh, just happy that he has a sense of direction out of high school. And, you know, you know, my wife and my family have done an amazing job with them. You know, it's playing, being on the road a lot. And he's the one who's been throughout the entire career, unlike the others. It's a, it's a tremendous uh, nod to his own work ethic and his, his own accomplishments. It was, it's awesome. And your kids range in age from 18 down to what? And how, what's been the greatest challenge for all of them in all of the changes? Um, I think just having dad at home. You know, we, uh, we were always just a baseball family, go, go, go. And, you know, it's just uh, dad's home. It's what, how do we, what do we do now? Everybody's having a good time. Everybody enjoys it. And uh, it's always just, kind of adjusting to a new city, a new place, and how to get them there the quickest, safest way possible. How much have you enjoyed this, the, the time that, you know, because there are probably a lot of things that, you, obviously, when you're playing the game that you miss out on. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, this time has really uh, given me a chance to, a chance to uh, look back, especially with Matt, Matt our oldest graduating and uh, it's really giving me a chance to, sorry, my uh, four-year-old's asking for a snack. Um, yeah, it's really giving me a chance to take a step back and you know, look at the things that you know, I missed while playing ball. Uh, there, there's a lot of firsts that I missed with the older ones that I'm getting to enjoy with our younger team. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I'm kind of curious, you know, I still remember my dad. We only had, there were three of us, not six. 
And I always remember I, when he got mad, and I always found it funny, um, you know, may rest in peace, he always would call all of our names all at once. We became one name. So when you get angry or you do you forget which name is which or with six kids to remember or do you combine names or, or how, what, what happens when, uh, when dad occasionally loses his cool? It's uh, usually just one culprit in our house. Uh, we're really we're really lucky that it's not all of them. It's just one culprit who leads the charge for getting under dad's skin, and that's our uh, that's our youngest uh, Maddox. He's the uh, other boy, so he's just he's the, every time something's somebody's screaming, it's because he's done something, doing something, already did something. <laughs> well, at least it's easy that way. You know who it who it usually is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, he keeps us on our toes, that's for sure. I want to look back at some great moments that you had with this organization. I want to start first with when you got traded in November of 07. What do you remember about that day, and what were you thinking when you found out you got traded to Tampa Bay? Um, completely honest, I was baffled. I didn't know what happened. I, uh, you know, being young and being new to the business uh, business side of it, it was real shell shock. Is being a first first the team's first round pick two years prior, it was a uh, really an eye opener in what the business side is. You know, you couldn't get too attached to a team. Um, you, you know, it, it was it was it was interesting to go through the first time. You know, especially the way I came came up through the organization quick and was uh, a contributor right out of college. But uh, when I got to, you know, when I got the call that I was going to Tampa, it was, oh man, you know, it was last place team, couple, you know, years running. They had numerous first round picks, and they were getting another one. So it was like, oh man, you know, just had to step back. But then, you know, a couple minutes after that, I spoke with uh, Andrew Friedman, and you know, he told me that I was going to have a true shot, and you know, I was going to come in and be able to fight truly fight for a spot on the, in the big league club and, and to me i felt like that was the only chance i needed you know i just needed an opportunity for somewhere to play consistent and you know get take my attitude and try to help tampa turn it around you and jason bartlett coming over in that trade were so instrumental in helping the Rays take that step in 08 how well did you know jason at the time and did that help at all in the transition uh i knew i knew Barty really well, you know, playing with them in Minnesota in 06 and 07, uh, being in camp with them those two years. I knew, you know, really, really well. So it was, it was cool to just, hey, you know, what'd you get? What have you heard? This and that. Um, it was, it made the transition a little easier, but being, going to a place where there were so many young guys was also a big, really comforting for a young guy like myself, you know, going to a spot where there's, it's surrounded by veterans and being a young guy, that's, I think that would have been a tougher transition. But going to a spot where being young and, you know, an experience was like, I wouldn't say, I would say that's what they were looking for. They weren't looking for the 13, 14 year veteran to lead the team. They wanted the young guys to step up and, for me, that was really refreshing at a time when it was a veteran-led league. So when you got that in that clubhouse in February, when did you really start to feel comfortable? Because obviously Andrew's call helped, 
But when did you feel like, hey, this is a really good place and I think we got a shot? Oh, day one. Um, day one, right when, uh, right after Friedman called me, Delman called me. And Delman was letting me uh, know about what's, uh, what was going on, how the situation was. And all he could say was, dude, you're going to love it. The guys are awesome. Joe's awesome. It's definitely a place for young guys to grow and get better. You know, you're not going to have, you know, unwritten rules that we're supposed to do and not do. And it's kind of like uh, the last couple of seasons was let the kids play. And we were truly kids playing. So it was really, it was really uh, walking to that clubhouse first day. It was really not too new, not too shocking. Just, okay, it's everything you kind of described it. So it was pretty cool. I had never heard that story that Delman actually called you. I mean, usually that's, that's kind of a rarity in this business to have a guy traded for another guy. And I know you guys are both Californians, but still. Um. Uh, we're, we're friends uh, coming up. We had, uh, we, have, we have a lot of same business relationships and I actually uh, leased his house while I was living there. Hmm. That's crazy. So it's, it's perfect. When did you think, though, in that year, hey, not only is this a good place to be, but this is going to be a team that's going to win this year? Right from Spring Street, right from Jump Street. Right from Jump Street. Just the, uh, just the chemistry inside the clubhouse. It was like we've been playing with each other for, you know, our whole careers, our whole year, our whole lives. It was, it was everybody was on the same, same, you know, same side. Everybody was pushing for the same thing, and that was – we're tired of being looked at as losers and we didn't, we weren't about to be about that. We, we can win. We know we can win. We had a rotation. We had a bullpen that was, you know, built lights out and we, we definitely had a roster stacked with talent, you know, and this was even before, you know, Longo stepped on, stepped on the scene. We knew what we had, but we were aware that we weren't going to get them right away. And I think when, uh, you know, unfortunately, Willie pulled those hammies the first two weeks. It was that I think that's when everybody just took that wave. and We just rode it to the end. Like, oh, we, we know where we're at. We were ready for this. We're ready to take down everybody. So it was a I think after that two weeks, like you could see in the clubhouse, our confidence boosted and we weren't we weren't going to accept losing anymore. And we weren't going to take anything but winning the division you know, as a successful season. You had mentioned that rotation. What was the rapport between the group of you like? Because obviously that's been the anchor of this team for so many years now. You, Shieldsy, Kaz, Edwin Jackson, and, and Sonny that year. Uh, we competed at everything. I mean, everything. Golfing, um, cards, video games, you know, laundry, basketball. It was, like I said, it was a bunch of kids playing baseball. And, you know, we are competing to do better than the other one the night before. We pushed each other in a fun, competitive way. We're all friends. We care about one, one another. And we knew if you were at your best, we were going to be at our best every given night. So it was just, you know, friendly competition that turned into good friendships. We'll get to the ALCS and also the, the uh, no-hitter in 2010. But in the regular season, what, if any, because you had a lot of good games. I think you had eight games where you allowed one run or less. You had a couple of complete game shutouts. What games do you remember most from that year on the mound? Um, I think mainly just uh, turning points for my career that, that year. 
um, the blow up against uh, Texas in Texas. Um, it helped me kind of get a grasp of, you know, where I am and where I need to be and kind of catapulted into kind of the epitome of game seven. You know, if we're talking the season, it was more of a, the bottom of the coaster before we built back up to the top and leveled out. It was, uh, you know, not, not everything has to be a great memory for a turning point, but it was a great memory for me because it really, you know, catapulted me in the direction I needed to go in. How did that, were there conversations after that that you think also helped in that as well? Or was it just kind of, hey, a wake up call in some way? Um, well, I spoke to, I spoke to, uh, you know, Matt and Joe and, you know, and the coaching staff and staff and players on the team and everything, you know, but it was uh, mainly just kind of finding out what I was looking for and some things weren't truly attainable and I had to reroute my, you know, how would you say my true destination, you know, seeking perfection is a good goal, but trying to attain it is, you know, really difficult, especially at the highest level of the game. No doubt. Another moment during that season that the team all, I, you know, I've heard different stories from different guys. They all talk about the fight against Boston. Do you remember? Nah. And Cass had a great story about it too. He said, you know, he accidentally took one of the jaw from you. And at one point he said his jaw was sore for about a week and a half. So tell me your side. What do you remember about that whole situation? Uh, it was, uh, it was quick. Um, we we're flying. We, you know, we were all just a blur of gray and gray and gray and white. And, you know, we just defended our own. It was, uh, I think it really showed us coming together as one. Um, we weren't going to let anybody fight alone, whether it was for what or what, whatever it was. You know, we had each other's back and I think that proved it right that we, we mixed it up with the best of them and we didn't back down. You know, we had another brawl in spring training. Mm -hmm. That brawl was way better. We, uh, Johnny came in from left field and, you know, laid out Shelly Duncan. Rocco and I are, you know, showering up in, you know, mid game to go get to go to the doctor appointments and we we're coming back out to, you know, make sure everybody's all right. You know, full union just out of the shower. Like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> But uh, again, like I said, we were we had each other's back, and we we weren't gonna take take it from anyone anymore. We were ready to give it out, and that really showed, you know, a growth in all of us there. Like we, I think that day we you know were able to puff our chest out. Like we're not the little brother anymore. We we're here. To, we can throw them right back at them. No doubt. And obviously you guys did. Um, Gabe Gross told me one of the things he remembers most is just the robes. And I know you brought the robes then to Milwaukee too. What did they mean to you? It meant, to me, it just meant, like I said, the unity we had. You know, we, we when we played for a common goal, we weren't going to be stopped that year. You know, uh, I think we we're, were at like seven games over 500. And Andrew told us that, if we got to 20 or 25 games over 500 before break, he'd get them for us. And Johnny was like, oh, man, we got this. You know, we need to go. I, I can't remember. It was a, we had a month of uh, games left. 
and we had to go, I think like something insane. I can't, I can't remember what the numbers were, but we're looking at each other like, Hey, why not? Eh? <laughs> We've done everything else this year. We're seven games up. It's pushed to the 20. So, you know, we, we made it on the last day before break. I, I remember us being in Cleveland too, because we didn't play well in Cleveland before break. And we had like 21 games over and we, uh, we barely edged out there. So it was, uh, is really cool, but like I said, it, it brought unity. Everybody, you know, nobody was left out. Everybody felt rewarded, and you know, that's all we were looking for was just, you know, a unit, a unit to go forward. And we knew we had to be together, or we weren't going to be able to take down the East like we did. And that unity was rewarded. I want to fast forward to Game Seven and. What was that night like or going to the ballpark that day for you? And did you even, did you sleep much? I mean, going into that start, what was all that like for you? Yeah, I was, uh, I was very, very confident going into game seven. The night of game six, when we lost, I was uh, pissed off. But at the same time, I, you know, on the ride home, I called my agent and said, dude, we're, I'm going to win tomorrow. We're going to go, we're going to go to the World Series. And he was like, you know, just, I know you're hyped up. I said, no, I'm telling you right now, like, we're going to go. I figured this out. I figured them out. Like, we're, we're going to go. I, I got this. And he, uh, he's just, you know, he's really trying to call me. And I just told him, no, I got this. Watch. I can guarantee you right now we're going to go to the World Series. I, I don't know why. I don't know. I am, this, I am just so certain that I, I figured something out. And then game, you know, I was pulling up to the park. It was just a normal game day. I brought in my Popeye's chicken, you know, had my music going, just, you know, treated it like another game day. And I remember in our hitter, in our uh, lineup meeting before with uh, Hick, uh, me and Navi were there talk, talking with them. And Hick, he said, why don't you, uh, you know, because Pedro was hitting the ball well, and he was, well, you know, he's not hitting well, righty, righty, change-ups. And me and Navarro look at each other like, I don't even have a changeup. <laughs> so, you know, that, that first inning home where we threw a righty, righty changeup, and I didn't throw another one the rest of the game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I was really confident going in. When Pedroia hit that, cha- hit that changeup, I didn't, I didn't even uh, – it didn't phase me. I, I still, like, was really confident knowing that, you know, I, why did I just throw that pitch when everything else is working today? And I came in and I looked at Hick and I just told him, dude, righty, righty, change up, really? He's like, well, I didn't say throw it down the middle, <laughs> you know. But uh, after that, I, I just felt every, like everything was, you know, aligned. There was, uh, it was meant to, you know, meant to go down the way it did. And, you know, I told Joe after the third inning, like, dude, I, I'll throw all night. I feel that good. And I said, just let me keep going. And uh, he almost did. You know, I was, the thing was 128 pitches in, and uh, he came and got me. But uh, it was one of those nights, one of those, one of those 24-hour spans where it just felt like it was supposed to be the way it did. You know, like leaving the ballpark after Game Six, just it wasn't. I didn't even feel like I was cocky. So like, I feel like I just like I picked something up watching the game, and I used it the next day, and it you know worked. Did you feel good in the bullpen? Because some guys feel great in the pen, and then it does translate. Some guys it doesn't. How did you feel when you came in? Would you feel the same? I, 
you know, confidence uh, really doesn't ever, I didn't feel anything. I just felt like I knew it was supposed to happen. Like there was nothing going to deter me to tell me that I wasn't, I knew it was supposed to, we were supposed to go. Like I, I just had a feeling and I just kept vibing on that feeling, building up that confidence in it and, you know, rode it all the way as, as far as I could. You know, that, that was how we, that's, that was like a, our season in a nutshell, every game we want, we just built them more confidence. We were like a, a snowball down a mountain. And by the time we got to the end, we were big. We weren't going to be stopped. And that's how I felt. You know, after game six where we were duking it out, duking it out. And I knew we were – game seven came and it was, all right, we're going to go. It's – you know, we, we, we've had enough. We're – just as a team, I knew we've had enough. Were you at all nervous uh, as David's getting those final outs? And what were your emotions like when he – when Aki stepped on second? Oh, man. I, we were uh, – if you weren't nervous, you weren't – you weren't alive. I was, uh, I mean, I was, I think I, there's, they might have a, they would have had a pace track. I, I said, just walking back and forth those last four outs, man. It was, uh, it was one of those good nervous moments in life where you just, come on, oh, what are you doing? Oh, come on. <laughs> but it was, you know, every pitch, you know, you saw it slow motion. You seen, you know, you, we're a better umpire than the guy who's directly over the pitch. You, it was, uh, but it was so fun. And when we got that last out, it was, you know, one of the biggest rushes of my life. It was uh, truly just amazing to do that with those guys. And at that moment in our careers, it was uh, being all of, a lot of us, you know, newly in the league, you know, our, the top starter, our, you know, veteran on our starting staff was a, Edwin Jackson, James Shields, they were 24 and 26. So it's not like we, you know, we had a lot of uh, experience to go off of. We just went off of each other. And I think that's what, uh, that's why I think a lot, uh, that rotation thrived, you know, from there on after. We, you know, we all played for quite a long time and some are still going. Yes, and, and still successfully. And the other great moment, I mean, obviously that was the greatest moment for this franchise, but you also had the great moment when you threw a no-hitter in 2010 against the Tigers, and you and Max Scherzer were actually dueling no-hitters for a while. What do you remember about that day in that game? What sticks out to you? I felt like that day I felt like I had nothing. Like I was just trying to get out, and I've had a, I had a series of bad uh, starts before that. Um, I know I had the start before that I pitched against Baltimore and I think I gave up seven and five in the third and I was just, you know, just, it didn't feel like it was a good day, you know, powering through it, you know, with everything. And then all of a sudden I'm looking up in the seventh and eighth and I'm like, Oh crap. You know, I, something's, it's, you know, it's, we got something going here. So, uh, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel good that day at all. And completely honest, I, I didn't have you know the confidence because the last two starts were terrible. And I just was trying to piece together hitter by hitter, inning by inning. And, you know, I was just so happy. My guys were making great play after great play. I was like, oh, that's saving me. Oh, that went long. That's a triple right there. And, 
you know, Crawford caught that ball off the chest from Cabrera. He probably hit about 130 before, uh, what's it, uh, before they started taking uh, – Exit Velo? Yeah, before they started taking Exit Velo. I remember he hit it so hard, the ball knuckled. We watched – I watched the uh, Bud Seelig's signature fly straight to Crawford. So it was uh, – but, yeah, it was – you know, and at that eighth inning, you know, I just went out there and just like – I said I – was trying to think about it and just keep getting out with what I had. And, you know, they, I put the ball in places that they couldn't hit it that hard. You know, they hit a lot of hard balls, but, you know, fortunately for me that night, it was right out of a lot of people. And, you know, again, I couldn't thank my defense enough that night. I didn't overpower anybody. I, you know, I didn't, I just induced contact and relied on the other eight guys out there to, you know, do what we do. And that was play as a team down there. Well, I mean, it's still the only no-hitter, and, and since the Rays have, you know, been a team that uses their bullpen a lot, it may be the, no, the only no-hitter for a long time to come, for sure. Um, oh, man, it's... Were those your years, the years you spent with the Rays? I mean, you were on a lot of good teams. I had, a, oh, I had, you know, I had a lot of great times uh, in Tampa. It was a lot of, obviously, yeah, a lot of great teams, a lot of great memories playing there, you know, and my, my wife and my two oldest remember that place and they loved the year round stuff there. And, you know, but, you know, I love Chicago as well, even though those are hard years on the field, but, uh, you know, for me playing the day games every day, uh, I got to kind of feel like what it was to have a nine to five, you know, got to see my kids off to school in the morning before they go in the yard and got to come home and have dinner with them. So off the field, Chicago was, I got to live, a normal life for a minute, you know, not the always on the go. And then uh, Milwaukee, I had a great time there playing with uh, all my buddies, you know, from the Brewers and, you know, made a lot of great friends up there as well. So, you know, I, I just said was fortunate to have, you know, play as long as I did and play in, with, in cities and with guys and, you know, just got to play. Was, you know, baseball to me was, I was just fortunate to have a jersey on my back every day and, you know, got to do what I love for as long as I could. And it was uh, – so all the memories I had, good or bad, on the field in terms of wins and losses, you know, they, they, they don't determine my memories of baseball. It was just – I was just happy, you know, literally being out there every day. Well, you created a lot of great memories here, and I think Rays fans are still very appreciative for it. And who knows, maybe this shortened season for the Rays will create some great memories too. We certainly appreciate uh, some time. and. We wish you and your family a lot of uh, happiness um, over the next several years together. Thank you so much. And again, uh, good luck, Rays. You know, you got a bet, as good a shot as any. And, you know, it's a race to 40 gets you in. So I, I think they have a great shot with the young, heavy arms that are all healthy. And, you know, that offense, they, uh, they surprise people, man. And that's what, that's what they do. They, you know, you can't, they can't be underdogs ever. That's, they're always right there in the top of the pack. So, yeah, you know, keep going, Rays, and try to get one this year, man. That is Matt Garza in our latest alumni podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation. We hope you continue to stay safe and healthy, and we certainly will chat again with you soon.